Welcome to Dudes of Beards Podcast, episode 35. I'm Joe, and joining me are my co-host, Matt. Hey. And Darren. Horses. <laughs> the video version can be found on Facebook and YouTube. The audio version can be found on all major podcasting platforms. Please visit dwshow.com for all of our links. On this show, we will be discussing the Jetson Personal Electric Aerial Vehicle, how the search for extraterrestrials made your smartphone screen possible, the Apple M1 Pro and M1 Max chips were just released. Amazon's Zooks testing, which is their autonomous vehicle software. And Google Tensor is a machine learning powerhouse, so that was also just released in the new Pixel 6 phones. And last but certainly not least, the NZXT build kit. So some pretty cool stuff coming up here. What are we drinking, fellas? Beer. Beer. Yeah, we got some good stuff tonight. Uh we're doing the Venom. Venom, Venom, Venom. That is the, the uh, song. It's the, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's the Venom series. So, some cool can art. So I like the Venom. It's all black with just like the the face outline. It's pretty cool looking. And it's the name of the beer is I'm Hungry. It's a sour ale with sweet cherries, dark cherries, and key lime. Six percent ABV, and it comes from Tripping Animals Brewing Company, out of. Um, Doral, Florida. Pretty cool. Where's Doral, Florida? No idea. Um, Matt, I, I think I, you uh, you wonder, had a little bit too. It's, it's probably it's probably real close to like Alabama or something. Like right on the right on the border, maybe. I mean, you know never where, heard of it. You know where everything else is. Maybe it's over in the Panhandle, Panhandle part. Yeah, could be. Matt, what did you have right before that? I'm drinking on the Where's Warp Wing Cosmic Cucumber Ghosts. I think ghost, goose, goose, ghost. However you want to say goose. it. It's good. Was it really? uh, 4%? 4. Big old whopping 4. Nice. Uh, any exciting news, fellas, since uh, two weeks ago? Anything? Nothing crazy? I haven't had anything, just working. I am on vacation for the next couple of weeks. Took two weeks off, which I haven't done in a while. Uh, Going to try to do as little as possible, I think. Maybe do some gaming. I don't know. Not really in the mood to do projects or anything, even though I'll get bored after like day three and probably end up getting into something. But I'll just go over and help Darren. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost done. So yeah, you've been working on the bar pretty much every day, almost right. Yep. What else you got left? Uh, just a little bit of trim. Then I got to fill all my nail holes and paint the trim, paint some doors, and then and uh, do some caulking. Yeah, all, all then I got my uh, ceiling, to, my drop ceiling to do, but. I don't think I'm going to do it for a little bit because it doesn't. It's just that one part, right? Right. Right by the back door. It doesn't need to be done for people to enjoy the bar. Hmm. How about you, Matt? What have you been up to? None. Working. Nothing Nothing special. And we took Madison on a little weekend trip last weekend. That was nice. That looked pretty cool. uh, Seabus. That was. Did you find my coffee? I don't know. Well, you went to. uh, I looked. Where'd you, you went to Coast a couple I places, right? On Friday. What does that stand for? I always forget. Something of science. Is it is it Columbus or something? Maybe maybe it is Columbus. I don't know. So it's it's like a science museum, right? Yes. I yeah. mean, I went there. Did you guys go there when you were in school? Yep. I remember going there. All I, I never trip. did, but we took my nieces uh, a while back. Gotcha. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it's a cool place. Where else you guys go? The zoo on Saturday. Isn't Columbus Zoo like one of the highest rated ones in the country or something? Uh, they lost I don't know, their but I love it. Hmm? 
<clears throat> they recently lost their accreditation to actually have really? animals. Wow. Uh, there was a big stink about it because remember back when they threw a fit, Columbus Zoo threw a fit about uh, people shouldn't own uh, exotic animals and blah, oh, blah, man, blah. I remember that. Well, they they helped fund a setup of accreditations that you had to have. And, to own them. and it was like a month ago or so, something came out that they were uh, not up to that standard anymore. The zoo wasn't. Right. Wow. So I don't know whatever happened with it, huh. but Crazy. yeah. <clears throat> no, it's an awesome zoo, though. Yes, it is an awesome we, zoo. We enjoy going. Center of Science and Industry. Center of Science and Industry, COSI. Cool. Or Cost of Savings Index. Or <laughs> so Client-Oriented just... Scale of Improvement. No, it says Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Okay, yes. cool. Center yeah. of? Center of Science and Industry. And Industry. That's pretty cool. I just remember, like, that's the, the Tesla. Do they still have the Tesla coil? Yeah. Yeah, I just remember the Tesla coil... And, like, there's a lot of stuff you can touch. Well, I don't know if it still is. Well, the, the Tesla coil is like a little show now. Is it? For the kids. They don't want everybody's hands all over they, it. Yeah, they don't. Do they yeah. still have the space station crapper? Like, they, was it one of, out of one of the old... Uh, yeah, they had, like, you could actually sit sit in it. And that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was like Sorry, a mock-up yeah. of the ISS? Or? Yeah. Yeah, all the girls sat in it. Okay. They thought it was funny. Yeah. That's but pretty cool. It wasn't bad. You you charged a couple times. You had you said you, like there was free charging, free charging, the uh, charge point charging, charge point in the Kosai parking garage, and then in the paid parking at the zoo. Was there any kind of limit, like where if you were there? I for, don't know. There was. I never hit it. So did you have to use an app or anything? Charge point. So you just use. Okay. Yep. Well, I guess if there was a time limit, it would have popped up and told you, or if it would have started charging you or something, I guess. But mm. was there a lot of them? Uh, so three stall, three stalls, mm-hmm. so kind of like a, well, not like a Tesla, like a, but like, like a, dual. a dual. So there was three of those at Kosai, and I think there's five or six at the zoo. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah, because so. at the... At, uh, at, uh, Cincinnati Zoo. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, only like, there's only like three charge stations there mm-hmm. in the front, gotcha. and I mean, well, all their all their electrics pretty much produced by solar anyway. Yeah. So you know what they use uh, as a charge point? No, just some it's, some it's off just, brand, off no, brand or something. No, it's a it's a name brand. I actually took pictures of it a long long time ago. I could probably search through my yeah, phone and find it, I but mean, uh, it's just ones that you could buy. And gotcha. just install yourself. Oh. It's not like a companied right. uh, one. Hmm. So it's basically just it's like free, my it's NEMA a, 1450 yeah, in a way. Like, yeah. yeah, and it's like a dual station one, and I think there was some adapters there for other ones too. Did you ha- Did you wow. need a special adapter, or did you already the, have the one? adapter that comes with the car? Works. J1772 or something. What um, adapter? What level know. were they? Six were they kilowatts. Six. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. It was nice. I mean, the parking at Cosi was five bucks. So I had to pay to park anyway, so I got to charge the whole time I was there. Yeah, you got your phone. Got all my charge back, and then didn't really, I mean, we drove around a little bit going to dinner or whatever that night, and then the little bit of time that we spent at the zoo, I had to pay to park at the zoo, which was 10 bucks, but I got to charge the whole time I was there. You basically paid, I mean, you got your your money's worth on the the parking. Yeah, it was nice. 
I mean, it work, it's fast. Mm. I mean, you just walk up to it, open the app, touch your phone to the stand, and it links you up, unlocks the charger for you, and you're That's off. Awesome. You know, obviously not as smooth as a Tesla charger, but yeah, but for it being third party, I was super happy with it. Yeah, and they're oh, we, we've talked about them before. I mean, their their goal is to put a lot of those in, right? They're mm-hmm. gonna start putting them in. Who who partnered with them? Was it Toyota or was it Rivian or Ford or somebody partnered with Charge them? Point? Was it? Or maybe they didn't. I don't know. I thought somebody. I had think partnered that was with the them. article I was reading not too long ago. Well, where I thought we had talked about it, but maybe not. That was. I don't know. Like Darren says, I slipped since then. Rivian's going to have to partner with somebody. Yeah, because they're not going to be able to build them fast enough, I don't think. But they're also not building vehicles super fast, super fast-paced either. So I guess we'll see. Unless Tesla is going to open theirs up soon enough to where they could use them. I don't know. Because I was surprised in um, uh, the, the, the PlugShare. Do you ever use the PlugShare app? I looked at it. Yeah, so I downloaded it just to see because it puts um, – the uh, superchargers and all the destination chargers mm-hmm. on there. You know, you can add your home charger to it and, oh. char- and charge people. Like if what? you want to, if you want to let somebody come to your house and use your charge, it says add home charger. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't like go through the whole process because you have to put your address in there. Okay, you have to put the hours that it's available. Huh. Um, and some other stuff like that. So it's like I don't want my info on there like that because I have no, I have no idea like. I don't even know if it would be worth it. You actually make any money off of it. But I guess if you were in a popular, like if you were like really close to the zoo or somewhere where it would make sense. But um, I didn't uh, I didn't fully finish the setup. So I have to go back and look at it. So I don't know if it's even worth it. Huh. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else going on? Anything exciting? Anything coming up? It's a birthday. Yep. Birthday. Yours is a... Uh, the third, next, next weekend, next, right? Next Saturday. Next Saturday. So about a week from today and 44. Four. 44. God. 44. Oh, God. Can wow. I believe it's been four years since we did that beer tour? Beer tour. It, yeah. Shit. We got to do that again soon. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that for 45. Yeah. Or. uh. Yeah, because me and Elizabeth have plans for 50 and 40 for her. 50 and 40 for you and her? Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going cool. to the Swiss Alps. Ooh. Oh, you're you're topping your Alaska trip. <laughs> Jeez. Are you guys that are you guys ten years apart? Uh almost, almost ten years. I won't be fifty yet when we decide to go. But you'll be close. But it'll be close. Hmm. Cool. From JetsonArrow.com comes the Jetson personal aerial vehicle. It's this thing's so so bad. I don't care about it. I, at, at one no, bit. no, yeah. not at all. Nope. You know why? Because you weigh too much. Because I weigh too much. Well, me and you both, but <laughs> that's why I don't we'll, care about we'll, it. We'll, we'll get into that. But anyway, <laughs> so it's a, it's a personal. It's like four it's propellers. Not Is it my four? personal. It's a personal aerial vehicle. Yes. Um. So it's a personal drone that you can actually ride in. Yeah, I think mm. it just yeah. looks super cool. I think it's a like a it's aluminum and carbon fiber. Oh, eight. Electric motors. I'm sorry. Only one, two. Oh, I see. There's two blades on each uh, corner, so there's eight blades, and I guess they're all have their own independent electric motor. Yeah, there's double blades on there. Um, but and I think they even <laughs> updated the specs since we were talking about this on Slack the other day. 
Wow. So it says, because um, I seen it on TikTok, and I went to the website and was just checking it out, and then I shared it with with you guys. But it's a, it's a Swedish company. Uh, they were founded, I think, in 2017. Uh, it says, we aim to make the skies available for everyone with our safe personal electric aerial vehicle. Uh, the prototype or proof of concept was finished in eight, 2018, um, and they've been busy working on the consumer version ever since. The uh, project resulted in what they're calling the Jetson One, which will be the commercial commercially available product that you can own and fly, Darren. No, um, I cannot. If, you lose, if we just have to lose some weight, it says it was That'd founded. Be a good goal, a good reason. Was founded by Peter uh, Turnstrom and Tomas uh, Patan in 2017. Um, so here's some of the specs uh, or some of the, the the features, I guess, not specs. We'll get to that in a second. But it says it's a race car inspired space frame, uh, safety cell design, uh, can fly safely with the loss of any one motor. So I guess you can lose. Um, one propeller, one motor, one propeller. So you would still have the other seven, which I would think you would be able to lose a couple of them. But, you know, I guess the weight distribution ratio is just not going to allow for that. Don't want to find out. Yeah. Hands-free hover and emergency functions, which is cool. So it can hover, like, if you need to stop and just hover for a second, you know, for whatever reason. Triple redundant. Open your beer. <laughs> triple redundant flight computer. A ballistic parachute with rapid deployment time. So, like, I'm thinking of, like, if, if it was, like, if it knew it was going to go down and crash, is it one of those bubble ones or something? I don't know. Like, what, what would be a ballistic parachute? Just, like, a super strong parachute that would, like, yeah. catch well, you? Probably instead of pull and it kind of uh, push like a really, out really, the, really short. Like, you know, the short Like a drag, uh, like, a, like whatever, a, something on a dragster. The out. I'm thinking this ballistic is the chute is Forced out, yes. and it just quickly. oh, so it's like a it, it's it's propelled out and yep. then opens very quickly. That would make yeah. sense. I was thinking, they, is it one of those like bubble like airbag things or something? But that wouldn't. I don't think they could do that. Not yet. Um, and it says lidar sensors um, to drive terrain tracking and obstacle. Oh yeah, I'm getting ready to tear this thing apart. <laughs> don't don't worry, <laughs> don't worry. Uh, I uh, can just tell you. Here's just, a picture <laughs> of it in uh, ready in Darren's driveway. Um, sitting on his uh, personal. Uh, Why does that one look nothing look, like the one that they're riding in? I'm in the sure video. this is. A, I'm a sorry if that was my driveway. That grass would look way <laughs> better than that crap. Yeah, they need to clean those edges up, huh? Um, so tech specs. It weighs about 190 pounds. The the aircraft does. The maximum pilot weight is 210 pounds. Uh, the dimensions are all in uh, millimeters, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'll put the links down in the description so you can go and check this out. So remember when I first posted this, it was 15-minute flight yep. time, right? So now it's saying 20-minute flight time. So I wonder what happened to maybe they did some further testing or whatnot. I yeah. don't know, maybe some software optimization. But that is with a 187-pound pilot, mm. uh, 20 minutes. So 210 is probably 15 maybe. So maybe they, uh, maybe that's where that came from because I don't remember what it said before. Uh, it's software limited to 63 miles an hour. So that means it's capable of going faster, but of course it probably drained the battery much quicker. Uh, Three-axis joystick throttled uh, throttle lever, uh, high discharge lithium-ion, um, power outputs 88 kilowatts, all aluminum space airframe, and it says high power output electric brushless outrunner are the motor types. Um, so this is uh, this is what I found. So it's ninety-two thousand hmm. uh, dollars. It comes. 
50% assembled. You have to assemble the rest of it at home, um, which it said they have the detailed build instructions, which I would hope so. Um, if you want to get on the reservation list, it's $22,000 deposit, which will reserve your build slot. Um, all of the build slots through 2022, which there's only 12 of them, are already spoken for. But they do have some that go out to 2023. It looks like another uh, five right now. Um, and two of those are, are spoken for. And it tells them, like, reserve for a client in. So it's like there's Indiana, Hawaii. But then you got uh, Germany, uh, Spain, Mexico, Brazil, Italy, Sweden, um, some more U.S. Uh, places, but so kind of all over the place. But 92K. So they're hand-building these things apparently. And uh, – they're not going to be able to build them very quickly, it looks like. But no. here's all the information for the, I guess the um, the leadership team and and the founders, owners, whatnot. But I think it's pretty cool. Like it, it's like, I think we'll probably see more and more of this over the next five or ten years. But twenty minutes. I mean, that's my that was my biggest pet peeve is like twenty minutes. Like where are you going to go in twenty minutes? I can get to work. And then how long is it, like you said, how long is it going to take to charge to mm-hmm. get back home? But then you mentioned hot, it's like a hot swappable It did say on the battery. You, yeah, there, if you go into like the, there's like another section or whatever, that it, it was a hot swappable battery. But again, you've got to go somewhere that's going to have, and see, that's not even, that was on there previously on the other right. link. And it doesn't even say anything about that on here. Because I think that maybe it was on their Facebook or their YouTube. I don't remember, but um there wasn't any, you know, you think they would have mentioned that in the tech specs, but they haven't actually built a commercial, full, fully commercial version yet, and, and well, they won't until, it's like the end of next year before the one, the, those first 12 will get delivered. So are they limited to 400 feet too, Darren? I don't know. I don't think this will ever come for, to fruition in the United States. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm just trying to get a regular drone certification and you basically have to take like an initial pilot's test to get a drone certification. They're not going to let you fly that. Yeah. Without a it's pilot going, license. It's going to have to be FAA certified. You're going to have to to do all the steps that a, a commercial pilot has to do to fly. And when you start looking into it, you take this $100,000 thing. I can go buy a Cessna. True. Yeah. And then if you don't have your pilot's license, oh, I'm just going to hop in this thing and fly. No, you're not because no, you're going to have to have a pilot's you're license. You're going to have to have a pilot's yeah. license or some sub part like a like the part 107 for drones. You're going to have to have some kind of license for that. Yeah. So this will never happen in the United States unless you already have a pilot's license or, or they one. or they get one or they come up with some kind of new up, license category maybe. Because technically you know the 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 they're not gyrocopters. They're basically the, small, the, hang, very, the yeah. hang glider with the wind turbine on the back. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Technically, you don't have to have a license to fly those. Oh really? Huh. So I don't know if and don't shoot me if if things have changed. The last time I looked into it, you could do that. Hmm. But this is a full out and out man drone. Yeah. So anything over fifty five pounds is a commercial drone and you have to have a different license for it. Yeah. So anything 55 pounds or under part 107 covers, but this will never happen in Mm. the United States without a lot of 
they're going to have to do a lot of crap to get it FAA certified. Yeah, I think um, that and plus, uh, I, I agree with you. I don't see people being able to fly these without a pilot's license of some type. Like, you're not going to be able to get a drone license because this is a manned vehicle, mm -hmm. in my opinion. What if you had, like, acres and acres and acres? Would you be allowed to fly it on your own land? I don't know. Below that elevation of the 400 feet or whatever? Well, 400 feet is just for the drone. Mm. But if I have, if I, like, because I live close to an airport. Yep. Technically, if I'm flying, I have to be aware of my surroundings. Even if I'm in my 400-foot range, mm -hmm. plane, helicopter, gyrocopter, they... Skydiver. They, they are... <laughs> They are top priority. I have to forcibly land or go down to where I know that that plane will never come down to. Right. But, so, but again, if you had if you had acreage, do you think you'd be allowed I, um, to do it on your know. own acreage? I don't think so. Because no, because yeah. think about it. I can, I have to follow these rules on your own on property. my little tiny drone yeah. on my own property. Yeah, I'd say it's going to have to meet the normal pilot aviation rules unless, like you said, they make some kind of modification or new type of vehicle category. But, again, you're going to have to have some kind of license to fly this thing in most right. places, I think. You know you know yeah. what? I, I should have, when you sent this to me, I should have uh, posted it to the, to oh, the guy, like group? To, to that group, because that guy is, he's a commercial pilot. He could have told you. He, I mean, he, he flies for a living, and yeah. he, he is like... Like he does weekly YouTube videos of news about flying. And there may be information so there, somewhere there out there. Be. I just it's wow. just not off of here. Like there, they may have have posted. I would think they would have either gone through or are going through that process to be certified, or else, again, like if you can't fly it, nobody's going to buy. But one they're a, they're a Swedish made. They have totally different rules than yeah, we true. do with the United States. But I mean, I would think even to sell it, you would have to be approved. But I think Some way, that could also be part of the reason why it, be it comes 50% assembled. Like maybe that's uh, their way around it in the U.S. Could be. Yeah, I just yeah, we'd have to check into it. But Yeah, but you still have to have any any aircraft, and that is considered, I guarantee you that's going to be yeah. considered an aircraft. Yeah. Has to be, be has to be certified by an FAA uh, mechanic or certified uh, inspector, I guess. Yeah. So, I agree. So, I mean, I I love the idea. It's great. I think a hundred thousand dollars for twenty minutes of fun. I can think <laughs> of a, a lot more things I could buy for a hundred thousand dollars that would give me way more than twenty minutes of fun at sure. a time at a at a session. But you know, if I could get in, if I could get into that at my house, fly to work, already have a battery pack there at work. Yeah, charge or, up, or way to swap charge. it over, boom, boom. You know that it would it would be awesome. But and I'm sure if it does well, they could make a larger version that would be, you know, longer flight time. Yeah, but then you're you're you're, is the the electric necessary to charge it back up? Is it going to be economical? Because right, I mean, me and my wife make pretty good money. You and your wife make pretty good money, and same here. I can't just drop a hundred grand on a toy. Oh no, no, most people aren't going to be able to. I, I, you know, I mean, I you're mean, talking about two cars, at least, for that kind of money, right? You know? 
So this is a toy for ultra rich, ultra rich. Yeah, they're pretty. And I'm sure that's that's who's buying them right now because you look at these people in other countries in California. This is like there was one guy in Indiana. Was there a Dubai up there? (laughs) I didn't see. No, it was Spain, Italy, Mexico. There was one one in Indiana, (laughs) South Carolina. But it's pretty cool. I think it. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, maybe next year when they actually get somebody gets one of these things, we'll get more information or we can figure out what uh, the licensing requirements are going to be. Yeah. From the Wall Street Journal. Dot com, we have an update on uh, not only the James Webb Space Telescope, but what they it, it's it's cool the way they kind of use that to make this article and they talk about the history of like innovation when it's funded that has been funded by NASA and how we use a lot of that technology every day. Um, so this one is talking about how how the search for extraterrestrial life, which is going to be the purpose of the James Webb Space Telescope, helped make your smartphone screen possible. Um, so the technology that's going into making the mirrors, the lenses, the things like that, that were contracted originally by NASA, not only for James Webb, but also for the Hubble replacement lenses because the first ones were screwed up. This same company is the one who made those replacement lenses for the Hubble who also won the bid to make the ones for James Webb. And they have used that technology to make a lot of uh, screens that we use on a daily basis now. Like, are they the are they the Gorilla Glass people? No, no. Um, oh. So, uh, and I'll get into it here, but I think that's just a coating that goes over top of the screen. Yeah. So, in December, uh, NASA and its partners plan to launch the James Webb Space Telescope, a um, hundred times as powerful as the Hubble Telescope. That's crazy. It has enough visual acuity to examine the atmospheres of planets far outside our solar system, uh, and it's going to be looking for signs of extraterrestrial life because it can peer so far out. Um, It's a collaboration with uh, space agencies in Europe and Canada as well as NASA. Um, It will do its orbit at around a million... It'll do its orbit around the sun about a million miles away. So I think we were just looking... You said the moon's, what, 230, 240 million miles? From us. Or no, not million, uh, 240, did you say million? It's it's thousand, the moon is... 240,000 miles. Yeah, 240,000 from us. And then Mars was what? 238 million, million. So this will us. be about four and a half times as far away from, as us from the, as the moon is, but nowhere near Mars. So it'll still be a pretty big orbit, but the that'll allow it to see way farther out because it's going to be farther out. I mean, I don't even know what the Hubble is, but it's not that far, is it? I don't think so. Sorry about that. And then uh, part of the technology that went into the giant telescope is also visible when you look at the screen of your smartphone, smartwatch, tablet, or laptop computer with the latest high-resolution display. Hmm. The farthest the Hubble has seen so far is about 10 to 15 billion light years away. But how far away from the Earth is it? Does it say uh, that? I can... Okay. Um, it says the connection between humanity's boldest experiments in deep space exploration and the gadgets in your hands is the technology to produce giant ultra-high precision mirrors and lenses. Such optics weren't possible until NASA asked a handful of companies more than 20 years ago to bid on the rights to figure out a way to do this. Uh, the result, uh, developed by a company called Tensley Integrated Optical Systems, was te- was a technique that enabled production of very large mirrored surfaces 
that are so nearly flawless that any imperfections on their surface are only a few atoms thick. That's crazy. Uh, the Hubble uh, Space Telescope is 340 miles okay. away from Earth. So this will be about three times as far, yes. far away. Okay, cool. So it's it's already far, it's already farther than the moon then. Three hundred and forty miles above oh, the earth. Mi- Three hundred forty miles. Three hundred forty oh, okay. miles. So it's not very. It's like right around the because the space station's right around there. The international space station's right around there too, right? It it says it travels uh, it travels five miles every second. So it's not very far at all. This will definitely be farther than. Um, yeah. So that was I want to Matt. Say, Science. <laughs> I want to say that again because uh, it, the technique that they developed to produce these large mirror surfaces, it says it's so nearly flawless that any imperfections are only a few atoms thick. That's crazy. That is crazy. Uh, the technology can also be involved in producing many displays, using lasers to transform extra large sheets of silicon deposited on glass, significant, significantly reducing costs of the electronic components for some displays. Uh, the transfer of know-how from space telescopes to the manufacturer of displays is the latest in a long line of commercial technologies with similar similar lineage, like digital camera sensors, to the Dustbuster, which was developed by Black and Decker, out of its partnership with NASA. I didn't know they had a. I think it was maybe they were using the Dustbuster or vacuum in space. I guess, but um, space is a vacuum. <laughs> It went from suck to blow. We need our little ta-da thing on there. Um, One classic example is the Apollo guidance computer, the first digital general-purpose multitasking interactive portable computer, which was present on both of the Apollo command modules and the lunar lander. In its use of then-novel components like some of the world's first silicon microchips, a.k.a. integrated circuits, it paved the way for our modern world from the Internet to the innards of the same smartphones whose displays are in part due to the James Webb Space Telescope. Um, then it goes on to talk about how um, I'll read all of this because it's a little bit boring. But uh, and it says with the with the Webb Telescope, the connection between space tech and regular life is more than just transfer of insights gained from research and development conducted on NASA's dime. It turns out that the very same factory where the mirrors for the space telescope were polished are now where the optics required for manufacturing of, of, of OLED displays. Short for organic light emitting diode. Uh, that's where they make the screens in the latest generation of smartphones, and probably some TVs and, and things like that. Anything that uses like a, a an OLED display. Um, so if they got that science down that much, I mean, if if you look at at your LED or the uh, the mini LED or the OLED, I mean, OLED of course is the higher priced of it all, but if this technology keeps growing, OLED's going to come down in price. You know, like when pla- well, well, like when look plas- how much it when OLEDs first came out, they were what ten grand, twenty grand. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll look like at plasma. plasma. I mean, plasma. Can you is, even get plasma? I, I don't think, I think so because it all it, it all kept leaking. That, what? Yeah, yeah. It, well, it would leak. Well, the gas would leak out, yeah, and then the, it wouldn't work. A lot of the plasma displays would leak out, and then it wouldn't work anymore. And you or spent, they would get. Where they they would get the burn in too, right? Yeah. Well, another reason why is why the shift from away from plasma is they weren't energy efficient. Oh, and, and yeah. The big I thing think that was with, another one too. You know, LCD and then um, the other technology you know that's followed is energy efficiency. True. 
That's plasmas true. would get hot because they would consume so much power. Kind of like that 300 and some inch oh, gosh. TV yeah. that we yeah. covered last episode. So yeah. it says the, um, the, the James Webb Space Telescope will be 21 feet across when it, so it, all of the mirrors are all folded up when it gets launched. And then when it, once it gets into orbit, it'll unfold almost like a origami, it says, and it'll be 21 feet at its widest so, point. And it's, Gold-plated beryllium mirror sections. So with it being out there, I know this is getting off topic of what we're talking about, but how are they going to keep those mirrors clean? I don't know. Why would they get dirty? You could have uh, like... Space dust. Or what do they call the the little meteor... Yeah, the regular... Meteorites of, and stuff. I don't know. Space um, junk. <laughs> poop. Uh, one challenge for both processes is that the optics that direct the lasers that accomplish key steps to help these create these almost perfect mirrors. Uh, and then the bigger the lenses, the harder it is to eliminate those perfections. Um, so they made, they're talking about making the lenses for its own line beam systems, uh, industrial objects as big as school buses that shoot lasers at sheets of silicone deposited on panes of glass um, and an early, it's early step in the manufacture of many displays. But doubling the size of its optics would have happened at at, a, at that point in history without NASA funding. Uh, and it says they talked about um, because they got the funding and the contract to to make the the, the mirrors. I think mm. it kind of accelerated a little bit. But NASA didn't necessarily benefit from all this other technology, but they did kind of fund it in a way because of the development for the the, the telescope. So this company is making lots of other money off of this tech, even though it's being used in, you know, it, it was initially funded by NASA, I guess. So I just answered my own question in my head. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, moving on. Huh? Said you answered your own question, so we're moving on. Yeah, but I gotta, I gotta let everybody else in. Oh. Because it was a genius. Okay. Now I gotta hear it. So what was it? Two episodes ago, where we covered Tesla's. Laser beams. Although the, that wind, clean the, the wind, windshield. The window cleaning laser beams, yeah. Maybe that tech was already in existence and they used it on this to keep the mirrors perfectly clear. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a Tesla patent though. So there's made... no bugs in space though, right? But um, there's space debris. <laughs> but I'm but I'm saying No, what that... was what was that movie? Where were the alien bugs? We're space, oh, uh, were they all like where they're fighting the yeah. Marines? Or fi- I don't yeah. remember, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I don't know. Space, Mar- yeah, not space they, Marines, was they it? made like two or three of them. Yeah, I forget. Oh, well. Sorry, um, sorry, sorry, but they're, they're also talking about like they're working on others. There, there's more telescopes coming, not just for space, but actually terrestrial based ones. They're, they're working on one that's going to be, um, it says nearly so. It'll be the second largest telescope on Earth, uh, 30 meters wide. So what is that, 90? What? Almost 100 feet. But it'll be a Earth-based, terrestrial-based. Yeah. It won't be a satellite like or what anything was that, like that. What was that big one that just that they had to actually tear down? That, oh, that it, fell big, down. That fell, yeah. it fell down. It fell down, then they actually uh, had to take it all down. Yeah, the one, was it Chile? Um, I, I can't. It's, it was in, I remember it from the movie Contact, but I can't remember the name of it. 
I think we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, we talked about it in one of our episodes. But, but another thing that they're developing um, is a superconducting tape uh, that's required to make fusion reactors. It says each magnet inside uh, our fusion reactor requires kilometers of the stuff, and making it affordable is one of the many requirements for making energy from fusion economically viable. So that's pretty cool. And the other thing I wanted to talk about, kind of along the same vein, you know, whole NASA-funded uh, research, if you will. There's a site, and I don't know if it was linked in that or I found it searching for something else, but it, it was related. It's called spinoff.nasa.gov. So this is all of the NASA-funded or NASA collab uh, tech, if you will, that they've had a hand in in, in innovating oh. and creating. And there's there's pages. I mean, like if you go down here and you, and you click on more, like it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, and then they've got some categories at the bottom where you like their patent portfolio, the software catalog, because they've got a lot of software stuff that they've helped create. Crazy. Then you can go to this the benefits to you. This is like the stuff that we use every day that they helped either build or fund or, or whatnot. But you can see all like the, the latest ones, things that they've they've helped work on. What I thought was cool for this in particular was if you click on this uh, spinoffs created near you and you get the map. You can click on your state. So I went to Ohio. There's eight pages. Wow. Um, <laughs> What's the pizza? Hold yeah, on. so that's the one that I that caught my eye, too. <laughs> so this, Yeah, we're fat, Matt. <laughs> so this was, so they helped research 3D printed food for the space station. For, for the space station. And that pizza is one of the, they 3D printed that pizza. Huh. And they, they that's had a, pretty good. Yeah, and they talk about how this company was funded and this was back in 2019 when this was published but yeah they go through this whole article talking about how the Re technology but stuff. now they've actually they're making 3d printers that will 3d print baked goods huh. commercial like they're selling them commercially but that tech was helped develop by nasa for the for astronauts and international space station well, and that's stuff awesome like that, so. and this was from two years ago yeah yeah wow yeah i, I just thought it was really cool like you think your ender three could could be uh, retrofitted <laughs> to make some pizzas. It's going to get retrofitted into my trash can. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's a, there's a, all kinds of stuff like uh, carbon nanotube resins, uh, temperature sensors in cement, like it, like embedding like them. The, and yeah, that's crazy yeah, just, for bridges. I, didn't, I had no idea that they were a part of that many different things. Carbon nanotube resin for yeah. boats. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, there's just tons and tons and tons. Laser of imaging for, for firefighters. That's there. pretty cool. But, yeah, go out. Check it out. Spinoff.nasa.gov. You can click on your state if you're in the U.S., and you can see, like, all the innovations that are happening or have happened so around you. click on a, a, the drop-down up there where it says for the Ohio. States? Just to see if it. We, so, we looking United for? States and Outland Islands. I was just seeing if if maybe they had, like, more than just the United States, because no. they. I mean, because NASA's only U.S. So. Yeah, but look it, down there at the very bottom. Guam. Well, Guam is is part of the. Yeah, yeah, those are all territories. American so. Samoa. Yeah, see, these are all, and I, I mean, there's. I'm sure they, there's other things that they've collaborated on with other countries for sure, but these are just the U.S. based. Right, ones, but it would so. be neat to if this had all that too, because there's I mean, probably is, another. Yeah, there's, I'm sure there's a, but they've got a YouTube channel that's devoted to this that just talks about these innovations and from apple 
they released their new M1 Pro and M1 Max chips uh, this week. So Monday the 18th, today is Friday the 22nd. They were released, and it's part of their new MacBook Pro lineup. So it is a uh, uh, two separate chips. I think you can get them. There was a 14 and a 16-inch mm-hmm. MacBook Pro. Uh, and it's interesting because they changed the, the regular M1 MacBook. They There was like a 16-gig I don't know, maybe it's still out there. I just couldn't find it. It looked like they changed some of the hiring configurations for that because it gets really close to the price of the 14M M1 Pro. But, um, but you know, these things are they're ridiculous, right? So, um, so two chips based off of the M1 platform. They're just uh, expanding upon that. And I'm just going to go down to the specifics. And, uh, and just think, this is only like the second gen on it. Yeah, they said this is only, they're only one year into their two-year Apple Silicon plan. So what's what the heck's going to be next? Like, I'm sure it's going to be them too or whatever, you know, next yeah, year. Yeah, but these things are just they're, they're, crazy. They're, they're pretty ridiculous. Um, so here's a picture of the Pro, the M1 Pro. So you can see it's got the two die. Well, I, I think, I forget what the, they called the sides, but... You've got, I think those might, those might be the caches, CL4. Um, but that is the, 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 the full die of the M1 Pro. And then the Max, you can see it's like double. <laughs> it's like we just doubled it, right? Which basically that's, that's kind of what they did. How um, in the world do they fit 57 billion transistors? It's, five, it's, a, it's a five nanometer fab. So that's one. <laughs> yeah. It's five? Five nanometer. Yeah. Um, yeah, the M1 and all and both of these, um, yeah. The M1 Max is the largest chip Apple has ever built, 57 billion transistors, up to 64 gigs of fast unified memory. So That's crazy. to dive in a little bit independently on each one, so the M1 Pro, uh, 5 nanometer, uh, 33.7 billion transistors, two times more powerful than the M1. It has a 10-core CPU, uh, eight high-performance and two high-efficiency cores, up to 70% faster than the M1 as far as the CPU goes. Now, you have the M1. Yeah, it's it's a beast. And it's a beast. And can you imagine double? I mean, I, honestly, for what are, I use it are for. They, but are... But this is, de- this is more geared for, like I was telling Matt, this is definitely more geared towards the pro user, somebody who's doing... Um, probably doing this for a living. They're, they're a video editor for a living, cinematographer. They're a music producer. Like, they're doing this 8, 10, 12 hours a day for a living. Like, I do it a few hours a week. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I get that. But is it going to come to the point where this out outdoes the software and the software can't even keep up with it? Well, that and that's why they re, they've, re, they've had to rewrite the software on this new architecture so that it can take advantage of not only the performance but also um the uh the power savings which is what another big part of this architecture is because i mean you think about it we've traditionally had you know you've got your intel chips Mm -hmm. then you've got your memory chips then you've got your um gpu your gpu like all of those were separate components now apple silicone it's one system on a chip it's one piece that's being manufactured together, integrated together to work together at a very high efficiency. So it only makes sense. I mean, this is what Google's doing with the new Tensor, which we're going to talk about as well. We're going to see a lot more of this. It's just, it's just, it's going to continue for some time. Now, will it ever get broken back out again in the future? Maybe, who knows? I mean, this stuff changes so fast. 
it's it's hard to to predict that. But um, like I said, ten cores of CP, ten core CPU on the Pro, and there there's eight high performance, two high efficiency, seventy percent faster. Um, compared to the latest eight core PC chip, it's seventy percent faster, and delivers up to no, I'm sorry, delivers up to one point seven more CPU performance than the than an eight core PC chip. Which I don't know if they're talking about a an i seven or an i nine. It didn't specify. Maybe it's in the uh, the fine print, but um, but it, the, using seventy percent less power That's as crazy. well, which is is crazy, um, definitely. And then it has a sixteen core GPU, which is two times faster than the M ones, and up to seven times faster than an integrated graphics unit on a eight core PC laptop chip. Um, and then compared to a discrete GPU, discrete graphical processing unit for like a PC notebook. Some of these gaming laptops got like a 3060, 3070 like NVIDIA card in them, uh, which is pretty dang good. Um, it delivers more performance than, and I think I was on the other article that you posted, Matt, to PC Gamer, mm-hmm. they said it was compared to like a 3060. Um, so this is compared to a, like a, a 3060, mobile 3060 on a gaming laptop, and it can beat that, but using 70% less power. That's crazy. Now they didn't say like what benchmarks they're using to get these numbers. That that wasn't a part of this, so I don't know because most games and benchmarking benchmarking software is PC only. Right now, that may change now that these these freaking chips are so powerful. Like it would behoove like Activision or these other game publishers to start making their games for the Macs because they can definitely handle, handle it now. It. But we'll see if that happens. But the but the main concern of anybody that has ever had a laptop is battery life. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and thermals. And yeah, yeah thermals. And thermals. The but, fans going crazy. I mean. But but think about I mean the the possibilities of you know I, I I don't know if you've ever liked used your MacBook all day long just to to kind of Me? get yes my M1 yeah I can usually go like if I'm just doing um, browsing email. Um, doing some Slack stuff, reading articles, YouTube. Um, uh, I can go two or three days. Like I only charge it usually about once a week, every five six days. If I'm doing any, if I'm doing any Adobe stuff, if like if I do any Premiere stuff or um, Premiere stuff, depending on what I'm rendering. Like yeah. if I'm doing a lot of transitions and effects, I usually don't use it for that. I'll just use the uh, my desktop because of the 3090 does that stuff. So, and it's not a huge difference. I mean, you're talking about. Like a ten-minute video with a with normal transitions and and you know things like that, it's just almost as fast as my i nine. Um, That's crazy. And it it's uh it it still you it still doesn't eat up battery. I mean, it, a ten-minute video on my my i nine with the thirty ninety, ten-minute video with you know normal um, amount of transitions, clips, and stuff like that. Maybe some very light color grading, a uh, little bit of sound editing. 10-minute video is like two and a half, three-minute render. On, on my M1, it's maybe a minute more. So, I mean, it's what? not that much. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's and then it's this is... Probably faster than my right. i9 with the 3090, yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, if not oh. as fast. if it's it's And then if you're using this new... If you're going to start using something with the new ProRes, it's going to destroy it. What? Oh, yeah. Um, now, the M1 Pro can do up to 32 gigs of unified memory. A 200 gigabits a second of memory bandwidth, and they've got the chart here. And this this is more about the CPU performance versus power. So, 
you see the M1, which is all the way to the left here. That's what I have. That's the one that was released earlier this year. And then you got the uh, the Pro and the Max. And then compared to a eight-core PC equivalent laptop and a four-core, like it just it's seventy percent less power for the same. Well, in this case, more performance. Um, it's yeah, it is crazy. And then they were like, "Hold my beer," because we're not done yet. <laughs> they they also come out with the Max, which is also a ten-core CPU, um, but it has a thirty-two-core GPU which is four times faster than the M1, 57 billion transistors. transistors. Um, it's 70% more than the M1 Pro and three and a half times more than the M1. Um, it's the largest chip they've ever built. The GPU delivers performance comparable to a high-end GPU, so think of like probably a 3080 or 3090 or an AMD 6900 or whatever it is now. But again, I don't know what they're using to benchmark that. Um, all while using 40%. Less power. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's and it's saying um, and performance similar to that of the highest end GPUs in largest PC laptops, so like a 3060, 3070, using 100 watts less power. That is a huge thing because especially, like you said, in a laptop, that's, you know, you don't want to have to, most gaming laptops, you're going to have to have them plugged in all the time or it's going to last about an hour and a half or two yeah. hours. Whereas this... Technically, you might be able to get half a day out of it, depending on what you're doing. Um, so it's going to run quieter, less less thermal load. Uh, battery's going to last much longer. And they talk about how 13 times faster in complex timeline rendering in Final Cut Pro compared to the previous 13-inch MacBook Pro, which had the i7 and i9 Intel chips. Um, it also has the highest... Uh, offers higher bandwidth on the chip fabric, so it doubles the memory up to 64 gigs and 400 gigs a second of uh, bandwidth um, throughput for the memory. That's just stupid. Yep. It's And then to talk about the GPU performance versus power, <laughs> so 40% less power compared to a, an equivalent uh, you know, PC la- gaming laptop. And I, the PC, the PC uh, Gamer article said... Um, it was equivalent to like a thirty sixty. I'm pretty sure. So actually, I think that that very 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 fine print on the bottom right is telling you. Oh, razor, I see. Razor blade fifteen. Okay. Advanced. Yeah, it's just too small to read. I guess we could, it might be able to blow it up, but it's just crazy. And then they talk about ProRes, which is their new uh, video codec. Yeah, I can't which, wait to play with that. Um, you were mentioning the new uh, DJI. Um. Camera, and then you said the Black Magic. The Black Magic, and I don't know. I'm and sure there are the, others will be coming. And then the iPhone 13. Does it have it now, or it's going to get it? Uh, I sent Matt actually a video that a guy got a basically a uh, demo copy of it, and it was just it was nuts. Gotcha. So uh, you cannot do it because you have the 128. Correct. But where I have oh, you ter- have to have more memory. You have at least two fifty six. Yeah, you have to have at least oh. two fifty six to get and work because what what did he say? He, he had was, he had like two hundred gig with twenty minutes of footage. Yeah, right. In ProRes. And what chip do you have? What's yours? It's the uh, A fifteen bionic. bionic. Gotcha. Yeah. Imagine if they get this M one architecture small enough to get go into the phones. Oh, it, it probably will be. Yeah, I mean the bionic's crazy anyway, but. I don't. I don't care 
I don't care if my phone was an inch longer and an inch wider. <laughs> if it had that, if it like had that. that kind of, yeah. I mean, what what do you have with you all day? I yeah, mean, that's true. What do you use? I mean, this is this is a part. This is an EDC now. I mean, yeah. for for <laughs> most people, yeah, mm-hmm. most people. Um, so not all, not you know, if, if the CPU and GPU stuff wasn't enough, there's also a lot more to this chip, right? So it's got a 16 core neural engine for machine learning acceleration and improved camera performance, new display engine. This is all still built onto that same system on a chip architecture, right? Everything is coming from that chip. Um, uh, integrated Thunder, Thunderbolt 4 controllers to provide higher I.O. bandwidth. Uh, a custom image signal processor along with the neural engine uses computational video to enhance image quality for sharper video and more natural-looking skin tones on the built-in camera. Which is now supposedly a 1080p camera. Yeah, I, th- I think which they was huge the front-facing 1080p. For the um, MacBooks. And then a best-in-class security, including Apple's latest secure enclave, hardware-verified secure boot, and runtime anti-exploitation technology. So next year, you will probably see this in the iPad Pro easily. Mm. I, I would I I can see it, yeah. Because the iPad Pro is big enough that they yeah. could... I think so. You're going to see the um, M1 Pro or the M1 Max? Probably the Max if you get the, the big... There'll probably be a couple versions of it, but... Dude, that would be insane. Yeah. And then I think they said the M1 Pro can drive up to three 4K uh, <laughs> Apple Cinema displays or eight, whatever these are. It might be even 8K, I don't remember. And then the Max can drive four displays... So, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Um, is that is right here? Yeah, Max. Yeah, and it says they're one year into their two-year transition to Apple Silicon. So, I, really, I think the only things left, the only thing it is left is, well, what's still using Intel? Is anything still using Intel? Aren't the iPads all? Aren't the iPad? Are the iPads still using the Bionic? I think they're still in the Bionic. So aren't maybe they? that's mm-hmm. maybe they'll transition to this or some new version of the M series chip from Amazon. Uh, we are going to talk about, uh, their Zooks subsidiary, which is the autonomous driving, uh, technology that they've been testing. They says they've been doing it in LA and in Las Vegas. Uh, and now they're moving to Seattle and the whole premise is they want to test in a different environment. So it's you know going to be different uh, streets, different weather, um, more inclement weather because you think about Vegas and, and L.A. They don't really get they don't get snow, they don't get the rain that Seattle gets, the, get the fog, fog. Well, necessarily. The fog, um, so it says the Seattle area offers a host of new ways to test Zook's autonomous vehicles in all kinds of conditions. They've been a test. They've been testing the L three vehicles in Vegas which I think the L3 are the forerunners, I think is what it says, um, and San Francisco Bay, or I'm sorry, LA, I'm sorry, San Francisco Bay Area. They've been doing this for more than four years. Um, they've learned a lot about the hardware and the software and how it behaves in those climates, but now they want to go to a new climate that's different than those areas, which uh, Seattle definitely is, so that's where they're going to start testing next. Um, testing in a new city gives the vehicle and its artificial intelligence the chance to experience fresh challenges, including weather, infrastructure, different driving laws, and a different driving culture. That, that's definitely true. Yes. Um, and this will help iterate the hardware and the software, ultimately broadening the capabilities of Zooks. Uh, additionally, expanding 
Additionally, expanding will give the company the ability to create geofences and maps specific to the Seattle area as well. Uh, and it talks about how, you know, we're excited to bring testing to Seattle. The data that we gather here will be invaluable for continued development of our AI stack. Uh, they're, all, they're also planning to open an office there next year in 2022 to grow their operations and uh, facilities base. It's, this will be their fourth office and slash testing site uh, following San Francisco, Las Vegas, and then their headquarters, which is in Foster City, California. I wonder, I wonder, like, um, we, we covered the Tesla's new mega computer or whatever. So I wonder what, what, yeah, Dojo, that's what it was. I wonder what they're using to process all this. If, yeah, if they know. have their own own I'd data say they, center they, or something, they could be using AWS. Yeah, they yeah. probably are using AWS. So they're going to put a geofence up around Seattle. Seattle. Well, I, I guess they have to do that so that it doesn't go outside of a certain the car. Yeah, but it, but, but it did say there's also going to be a human and human there's driver also a, to there's take also over. a human in all of these. They're not autonomous yet. Right. Well, they're there. Yeah. But they only take over if, if there's an issue. If there's an yeah. issue. And it says and I and Where it didn't they get hazard pay. I don't know. <laughs> um it didn't it didn't get in too much too much about the differences between the L three and the L five fleets. Although it did say, um, I believe the L three vehicles, yeah, the Toyota Highlanders. Um they're all wheel drive Toyota Highlanders, they're outfitted with the latest software stack and have a safety driver to take control <laughs> if needed. Um Zooks is the only major autonomous vehicle company with the same sensor architecture in their L3 and L5 fleets. Oh, the L5s are their vehicle they're building, I think, is what they said. It's Whereas they're strapping all this stuff onto the Highlander for the L3, the L5 is going to be, they're going to build it, apparently. So with this being a subsidiary of Amazon, yeah. do you think this technology will filter into Rivian since... Amazon has a stake in Derivian. See, that's a good question because when you think about what Tesla's doing and compared to anybody else, I mean, the next person you would think about would be like Amazon and then um, what's the other one? Um, the other big uh, autonomous vehicle uh, software company that has the one that's the, doing the auto taxis. Yeah. What's the I name can't, of it? I can't think but, of yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, there's really only like a handful of them that have made significant progress, but if, yeah, the, if Amazon uses their partnership with um, Rivian because they're going to get all of those delivery vans, if they, then they're going to want to train them and, and have them to be able to do this deliveries autonomously, I'm sure. Um, and that's a big investment. And it's hard to do as we have Tesla has proven. Yes. I mean, look at the tech and stuff that they've showed us in this, the last couple of years. And then with, with the AI day, they just had. So it's, it's, I wonder what they're using was, was, like Domino's using this technology oh, I don't know. when they did that autonomous uh, pizza uh, delivery. Waymo. Waymo. Is it Waymo? Well, I don't know if it was Waymo. That's the other big one. And then there's probably other ones, but that's the one that I you hear a lot about. Because you remember when they did that little test in yeah. the in like it was like a neighborhood, and they could only yep. deliver to that. Yeah, and then Uber's Uber's doing uh, maybe Uber. I don't know if, if Uber's sponsored. Well, Uber has some autonomous vehicles that they're testing too, but I don't know if they're doing Waymo or what they're doing. Um, it could be something else. But um, it says that the uh, data that they collect in Seattle will help them uh, 
for their calibration, localization, mapping, and simultaneously, and it says simultaneously, which is a weird wording, but their abbreviation for that is CLAMS, <laughs> uh, and the Zooks Road Network ZRN teams, which will start to create a 3D map of the city and populating it with road features, bike lanes, speed limits, traffic lights, and so on. See, if they're having to have these people do all that, Tesla's not doing that. Tesla, the AI is learning that and doing that. Because of Sounds the like, car data that they're... Yeah. But, but, but you don't... They don't have the... Right, the, they don't the have thousands the same. of vehicles that are on the roads and, and gathering data for them. Right, so it'll be interesting to see which one's better. Having the humans put all that stuff in there. I mean, I think long-term, you don't want humans having to manually input all that so, information, but, right? But I wonder if they're getting into, like, if they're actually using GPS or, I'm sure, yeah, or yeah. GIS, because GIS is, is a lot tighter than GPS. Yeah, no, it didn't because say. it gets in within three inches on a good not or a good clear day. So hmm. it'll be interesting the next five years as we get more and more new electric vehicles on the road. Because I haven't really seen much at all on Rivian's autopilot. I don't even know if they have like a full self driving autopilot. I think it's more of like a I don't auto remember, right. I don't or not remember. a full self driving. It's more of an autopilot and not a full self. driving I mean, Marquez just did his review of the truck. Did he? Today. Did he talk about that at all? A little you, bit. Okay, I have to yeah. watch that. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, he said it was just basically it. like because he he had it uh, uh, Chevy uh, for a few days. Right? Chevy Bold or Bold? Blue Cruise Blue. or whatever. No, oh, Blue, like whatever the, Blue Cruise was the Ford one. Right? Okay, so whatever Ford had, then like whatever technology that Chevy had, they have like in the Super Escalade Super Cruise. Like he said, it's just. So it's kind of like it's autopilot. Like, uh, yeah, like it's autopilot. not full self-driving. No. Okay, that makes sense then. From Google, the Google Tensor Chip is a milestone for machine learning. So we talked about the Tensor Chip a little bit. We got a lot more details last week with, was it last week for the Google the Pixel, Pixel 6? 6. Yeah. It, was, it was last week, right? Um, they did that big event, and then Apple's did, Apple just did theirs this week. So lots of chips. But the theme is everybody's going to their, their own silicone. So this is another system on a chip that Google designed that has the integration of the CPU, GPU, a bunch of other stuff, memory, all that. So <clears throat> this is stupid, but, but you know, all the, the Android stuff was named after like suites and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So now that, that Google's making their own chips, what if they make their new they, software they called talking. Guac or Queso? <laughs> Chip dips. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Sorry, bad dad joke. Well, tent, I mean, tent. <laughs> Tensor, I don't know, I don't remember what the meaning of it is, but I'm sure it has something to do. <laughs> um, so it talks about that this chip was co-developed with uh, the phone business unit and also the research business unit. So a few years ago, the Google Google's team of researchers came together across hardware, software, and machine learning to build the best machine learning computer to finally realize our vision of what should be possible on our Pixel smartphones. The co-designing Google Tensor, so co-designing the Google Tensor with Google Research gave them insight into where the machine learning models are heading, um, not exactly where they are today. This allowed them to, to build the AI and ML platform that could keep up with the work at Google. Um, maybe that's why last year's phone was just, the last really two phones were just so bad because they knew they had to take this big leap and it just took them a couple years who, to do it. Who was it that did the video call that was like 3D? That was Google. Yeah. Was that Google? Okay. Yeah. So this is probably 
based off of some of I, that? It might be using that tensile, it might be tensile, tensor technology in okay. that, because um, it was a camera yeah. and the processing because it, unit. it looked fake. It was because it was using the AIML to right. kind of, yeah, it looked too f- too real. Right. Because like, it, it, it was, lo- what, what was it called, mirror? Or, yeah, so basically it or looked. Or gla- gla- was it called glass? Glass, maybe. Was, I forget. Anyways, but, uh, but it looked it looked like somebody was just sitting on a stool on this side. And, somebody and then was there was a piece of glass in between. Right, yeah. but it wasn't. Was it Google, I think it was Google Glass. Was it Google Glass? Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, I bet you Tensor is part of that in some way, shape, or form. I, I'd be willing to, 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 to lean that way. Um, and it says with Google Tensor, we're unlocking amazing new experiences that require state-of-the-art machine learning, including motion mode, face unblur, speech enhancement mode for videos, and applying HDR net to videos. More on these later. You see it? No, uh, Google, Google Glass was their uh, failed, that was the, failed glasses. So what was that called? I don't was remember. Was it Mirror? I don't remember. But we, we'd have to go back to the show notes and search them. It says Google Tensor allows us to push the limits of helpfulness in a smartphone taking it from a one-size-fits-all piece of hardware into a device that's intelligent enough to respect and accommodate the different ways we use our phones. Mm. Yeah, I remember what the heck the name of that was. But So here's a picture of the chip. So you can see it's got the TPU, the ISP, security, the, the content hub, CPU, GPU, and then the system cache. So not exactly like... Uh, I think Apple's is much more advanced, uh, you uh, know, yeah. comparing the architectures. Yeah, tightly integrated. Yeah, but at least this is a step in, in. You know, it's they're both systems on a chip, so they're integrating all these components into the same chip architecture platform, which is going to allow them to do more um, with it and have more control over the efficiency of it, which but, I think is the big the big thing, right? But this is the second step in the right direction because I think more places like. You know, Microsoft will probably get into it. I think a lot of places you're going to see, you're going to start seeing them. I mean, because... Heck, Dell could end up making their own yeah, for all I, you know. I mean... Well, yeah. maybe they will with that new division. Yeah. Could be. Um, and then this collaboration uh, with research, hardware, and software allowed them to bring new capabilities to the Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro. Um, this is a result of the Google Tensor running more advanced state-of-the-art machine learning models, but at a lower power consumption compared to previous Pixel phones. For example, Google Assistant on Google Tensor uses the most accurate automatic speech, speech recognition ever released by Google. And for the first time, we can use a high-quality ASR model. That's the automatic speech recognition. Um, even for long-running applications such as a recorder or tools such as live caption without quickly draining the battery. Um, and they also have a, an example of using the real-time uh, translator to do, uh, That's really cool. to be able to do that, and and it works really, really well, supposedly. What? Okay, so was it Cisco and not Google? Cisco? No, it was, it was the, Google. Are you sure it was Google? No. Or was it Facebook? No, Microsoft. It was Microsoft. Was it Microsoft? Microsoft Glass. Was it Microsoft Glass? Yeah, sorry for the confusion, but it's it might have been Microsoft Glass. Uh, yeah, and they talk about the um, you'll be able to communicate with people in the language you are most comfortable with thanks to Google Tensor and the new live translate translate feature on the new Pixel phones. Um, and it also says the Google Tensor chip also powers computational photography and video features, which are part of what makes the Pixel, Pixel such an impressive phone. 
uh, take one of our favorite new features uh, as an example called motion mode. So they've got like they've got this picture and then they're doing, I mean, so that's almost like a time-lapse thing or uh, something that you would have to set up specifically on like a DSLR or a mirrorless camera to be able to get an effect like that. And they're doing it through software. Yeah, well, that's crazy. But your iPhone already does that. Right, but this is, I mean, it's enhanced some way, shape, or form. So I'm sure there's better examples. Enhance. 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 Um, Eliminated. So it says it uses the entire chip to enable this new feature at high quality, not achievable until now. Because of our chip subsystems, because they work, the chip subsystems work better together, it can handle photography tasks more quickly. Um, there's also video, which is always a tough use case to solve for. We've always deemed or dreamed of getting the Pixel video to match the quality of the Pixel photos. And Tensor has helped uh, them deliver that experience in each area. Um, and it talks about by... Embedding parts of HDR net, a feature that develops the signature pixel look more efficiently directly onto the chip and now works in all video modes for the first time, even in a 4K 60 FPS, to deliver recordings with more accurate and vivid colors. Which is cinematic mode now on the right. iPhone yeah. 13. You know, what, what, I, awesome. <clears throat> what I always catch myself doing with the, the iPhone 13, well, just the new uh, update is turning on and off the the back motion blur, the, the bokeh. Oh, for like FaceTime and stuff? Oh, my God. And just like... But that's only on the 13, right? No, you you should have uh, it. I, I don't usually... I don't use FaceTime. Oh, well, much. I use it all every day, but <clears throat> just I keep like off, on, off, on, off, on. <laughs> just and it just... You can see it, it almost looks like uh, like a beauty mode. Yeah. Uh, I did... Um, Zoom added it. So since like, you can do it in the phone, I guess, when, if I'm on my phone and I do a video, if I'm on video for Zoom, I can blur Well, you can do too. it through Snapchat, too, when you do a Snapchat video. Yeah. Another thing I don't use as much as, as, as I don't, Snapchat and, like, I'm just, I just, I'm not, I didn't get used to using, um, because we had Pixels for so long and, and, and then Google kept changing their freaking messaging video platform, chat no. apps every Two months. No, they abandoned. They abandoned <laughs> programs that people loved. No doubt. Over mm -hmm. and over and over it again. So, Google. Yeah. Google. Imagine that. Thanks, um, Apple. You're awesome. And and then lastly, as part of the new uh, Tensor technology is the Titan M2, which is another part of the Tensor uh, SOC. Um, it is uh, works with the Tensor Security Core and Trust Zone, running Trusty OS. Uh, and it gives the, the Pixel 6 the most layers of hardware security in any phone, which I wonder how, you know, because Apple has their uh, specific parts of their M, M, you know, that's for the laptops more than the phone. So I, I think that'll they're eventually probably going to adopt something like that for the phones as well. Whatever the next, I don't think we're going to get another Bionic chip. We're going to get something else. Yeah. Um, which it, it, it's going to help, it, it's going to help protect against, you know, security. Uh, so the, the cool thing is, is it's not only like a secure software protection, but it says the, um, their lab testing showed that the Titan M2 can withstand attacks like electromagnetic analysis, voltage glitching, and even laser fault injection. It's like, yes, we literally shot lasers at our chip. <laughs> so, I mean, these ships are just going to... You can't do anything like this unless you're developing your own systems on a chip, and that, that's why Google's doing it. 
hopefully they continue this and they don't abandon it at some point in the future because if they do, these, they might as well just stop making phones um, at that point because yeah. um, Apple's just going to eat their lunch. Or, I mean, really, I think they're all, I'm waiting to see what Samsung does. Yeah. I mean, they make the Snapdragon, but it's no, not Samsung on, makes Exynos. Exynos? Who yeah. makes Snapdragon? Qualcomm. 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 Qualcomm yeah. So I'm just wondering if Samsung is going to make something what's that, equivalent. What's that other one that's like leaps and bounds above everything, but we can't get it in the United States? Was it the Huawei? Was it Huawei? Huawei. Was yeah, it Huawei's Huawei chip? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we're just going to see these manufacturers, especially with the global supply chain issues, it behooves them to control their own components. And yeah, especially because, you know, what – when we uh, covered the uh, chip shortage, mm-hmm. you know, it was mind blowing what Samsung and Apple use compared to everybody else. huge car man- manufacturers and yeah. everybody else. So yeah, it it will be. Uh, I mean, can you imagine having a smart TV with with like an M1 chip in it or something? Yeah, I mean, what does the Apple TV use? Does it have M1? Do they have an an M1 Apple TV? I don't know. I've never, I never really cared for the format of Apple TV. Yeah, I haven't used it in a long time. Joey used to have one, but um, I mean, it's built. I, I have the Apple my my Samsung TV, but right. it's not the same as having I mean, like actual the actual Apple, yeah the device because right. you can use that for like a HomeKit home Hub too. Because I actually looked at that because I was having the problems with the the Google Hub uh, devices. But Apple HomeKit is nowhere even close to what Google Home and Alexa can do. Right. It's not. It's very, and they probably limit that ecosystem on purpose because they right. want it to work well. Well, I have, and I understand that, but I'm not. <clears throat> I've got too many things that doesn't. They that like Govi doesn't work with it at all. Right. I mean, I I keep I keep one iPad plugged in all the time for that because it is my because uh, your HomeKit hub. Well. I have Home Assistant, so I kind of have like a right. virtual hub. But you got to have a you got to have something that acts as the the Apple HomeKit hub, yeah, right? So so I got an iPad just plugged in in the basement all the time, yeah. And it's just acting as my hub. Yeah, when I was looking at that, I I did see that it says you can either use an Apple TV or an iPad that doesn't leave your house is what it said. <laughs> because if it leaves your house, then yeah. nothing's going to work. <laughs> so I think one reason why we I added this particular article was we were talking about the updates yeah and oh maybe now they're finally going to have updates longer since they're doing their own chip yeah and i don't think it was it wasn't mentioned in, in here but yeah that, that was another article that said um but it's only going to be so ios 15 go, works guaranteed. works works back all the way to the iphone 6s and when which, was that wh- released six years ago maybe i mean a while um, because we're on thirteen, so it's yearly. So I'm thinking six years. No, because they did some S models. Did they? Yeah. Well, didn't they skip from? Did they skip from six to ten? What did they skip? There was a big skip in there. Was it six? Eight. They went eight, from eight to ten. To so ten. they skipped nine. Yeah. So five or six years. I mean, Apple is usually twenty fourteen. So Tw- seven years. Twenty fourteen was when the iPhone six came out. What about the six S? Because the six does not work, but the six X. 6S does work for iOS 15, but not the 6. It's either the 6S or the 6S Plus. 2015. So six years. So, I mean, that's pretty good. But then, yeah, the, they were talking about how the the Google, the, with the Tensor chip, they're only going to promise 
two years. Was it two years or three years? I think it's two years of software. Two years of OS or, updates. Yeah, OS. Sorry, so, yeah. like, if they come out with, like, what is it? Is 12 the newest one on the, on the, on the 6? Um, Google, Google, is it Pixel 12 or, or Android 12 or whatever? They're only gonna. They're only gonna guarantee that you'll be able to get the OS, the new OSs, for two years. Yeah. But then you'll you'll still get security updates for five. For five. Yeah. But five. That, but still, that stinks. Like, because there's gonna be features that you can't get well, that are gonna be on those new OSs. There, there's a lot of people though that when I was an Android person, the just, first thing I did, I jailbroke it. Yeah. And true. I ran my own software true. on it. But I just, I mean, it's just, I don't, I mean, I get it. Like you said, you said, well, most people, they upgrade their phones every two years. And and I said, most people don't. And I was wrong. The average person gets a new phone every 18 months. Really? It, well, did you, did the, you, did the you look that up? The average. Okay. It used to be every 22 months. Unless you're Keith. Well, <laughs> he's the exception. <laughs> Because it, it they, I think it was like in the last five years, it went from twenty-two to eighteen months is the average. Mm. So it is. De- unless, so most unless, people, I mean, most people don't keep their phones for more than two years. It, unless you're Matt and you can only go like six months. No, I think you made it ten, didn't you? Did you got ten. ten. Is that a record for you? But you sold your phone pretty quick, right? Yeah, did that, you, that day. Did you? Is it somebody you knew, or did you just sell oh, it on sell marketplace? marketplace? Yeah. So you weren't really out anything because you got almost. You got ten months of use out of it. Plus, I don't know. I just I don't want to switch all my crap. <laughs> Takes it like pretty freaking easy. But like, if you have uh, uh, two factor authentication stuff, you've got to make sure you get those codes. You got to transfer those codes over mm-hmm. and things like that. Or, or you got to do the recovery, which is another whole pain in the butt. From uh, NZXT, they just released their new build kits. So this is a pretty cool concept, right? So you can go on nzxt.com. They've had like a PC builder forever where you could go in there and configure it, and then they would build it and ship it to you, of course, right? But you couldn't really order parts from them, per se, and then build it yourself until now. So that's what these that's where these build kits came from. So they've got a whole site for it. So you can go on here. Um, right now they've got the two um, options, which I'm sure they'll probably – there was a third option, but you had to dig a little bit deeper okay. for it. So the starter, which is sold out, this is actually said there was some earlier when I looked at it, so that's crazy. So because I mean, it's a new offering, so I, I understand. And then they had the Streamer Plus build kit, so just a, a little bit difference, a little bit of difference in the components as far as the CPU, the GPU, the coolers that they use, things like that. But the cool thing about this is, is they send you these parts. It's a pre-configured kit. They send you all the parts, and then they walk you step by step on how to put it together. There's a, there's a video for every step. They've got a uh, custom support uh, line and and um, people that you can reach out to if you have issues. And I I thought it was really cool. Where did you even see this at, Matt? Because I didn't even see this anywhere. Uh, honestly, Google. Was it on your news. Google 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 News feed? I went to Google up. News and I went to Technology because I. I Try to do that once a week to see if there's anything yeah, see interesting. That's a good, and it's a good find. I saw this. And I was like, "What?" Because I didn't. I haven't seen like anybody it's like adult really Legos. Talk, yeah, anybody really talking about yeah, it? Yeah, I think if you click on the gaming PCs mm-hmm. up at the top, oh, it'll uh, have the other options. Yeah, because there was like a four thousand dollar. There's a custom uh, pre-built. Yeah, maybe it was the custom build. But custom. they they build that. 
it's, they don't ship you the part. Oh, that $4,000 yeah, one? that they okay. build it. These are the only two that they'll ship you the parts and you okay. assemble. So I, I didn't look too deep into it. But. I'm sure they'll add more options as, I mean, it's still hard to get some of these components right now. But it's just cool. Like it says, adventure in a box, uh, embark on an exciting new adventure into PC gaming. You know, they're giving the people that might be a little bit intimidated by building their own PC a way to do it in a guided manner with support um, from them if they get stuck on something like that. An introvert's dream. Yeah, it, well, it's, just, there was, it's really cool. There were some uh, pop-ups of, like, reviews that were coming up, and it said me and my son had so much fun. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, down build, here a little bit. Building this together. and Yeah, it says, so select your build kit. We'll ship it. Open the box, begin your journey. Boot it up, start gaming. I mean, a little more involved than that, but at a high level, yes. It says your equipment. It says it comes with everything you need to, to do your build. Detailed instructions with illustrations, linked assembly videos, which if you click on this build kit guide, which I'll do in a second, um, it every step has a video that walks you through how to mount the RAM, how to install the CPU, how to do cable management. It's super cool. Um, and it says all the required components and tools and tools. Which Does, does it come with a uh, – the? I didn't spark. see. I, I didn't see like a is wrist that, strap. Is that a thing? Any? It, it is. Oh, yeah. It is. Um, I never used one. I, I, I watched a couple stuff. of the videos, um, and they were wearing gloves. Okay. So I don't know if they was, those are, were included are or they, not. But wonder if they're the ones on TikTok doing those super high end. I don't know. And are um, are rubber gloves? Would those be considered anti static? Where you well, wouldn't have to well, wear yeah, the band? Because I mean, because it wouldn't think, transfer think, through think that. Think about right? it. If you're sitting in a car, and so I that's probably why I didn't see the band because they were wearing the. I don't know if those were included though. So. Um, and it's just cool. It says, uh, you know, even the best explorers need a guide. Don't hesitate to ask for help on your own expedition. So illustrated diagrams and detailed instructions, QR code linked assembly, walkthrough videos. So I'm assuming when they send you this, they probably, maybe they send you some kind of paper um, uh, guides and steps too, but I, I, don't, I don't know for sure. And then it says additional help via chat or phone. And then they talk about the components. This is really cool. They do a really good job. They explain all the components, what they are for, I like how they say this, like the house, the case, the house. This is where everything lives. The motherboard is the translator, the connector. It, that's where everything connects and talks to each other. The CPU is the brain. Like, I mean, it's it, I mean, we've been building PCs since we were, you know, I don't know, 20 years now. Yeah. Um, I'll say almost teenagers, but it was like right around the end of our teenage mm -hmm. years. I mean, we would go to computer conventions at like the – Duke Convention Center, and then what was the one in Dayton? Uh, Hair Arena. Hair Arena. We would go to these conventions, Which buy is all the, now. yeah, and we would buy all the parts, and then we would come back, and it would take us two or three days, try lots of trial and error because some things just didn't work really well together, and then you know you didn't have these custom cases. Like if you wanted a glass case or a, a, a see-through panel on your computer, Dremel. you had to cut it out. Dremel, <laughs> glue, or silicone, and and then yeah. you had to put your own light in Epoxy. there. I mean, we you were, had to you we had were, to dremel it, sand it, paint it. I mean, you got a you got a white case. Yeah. Maybe black. Yeah. But most anything custom you had to do like you don't have to do that anymore. I mean, I I can think back to the Unreal Tournament <laughs> land party we did. <laughs> Unreal Tournament, to, Battlefield 1942, Quake. Yeah, we Arena. had some fun. I was showing um I was showing Scott some of those pictures of my old PC builds, and you know when we would have those land parties and stuff because. The internet didn't exist forever. 
Yeah. You know, if you wanted a game, sometimes you had to go over to somebody's house, take all your stuff, hook it all up yeah. <laughs> together on, CRT, a, to, on that monitors. on the same on the same uh, switch. You know, especially if all you have was dial up. But I think they did a very good. It's it's very they taken the intimidation out of it. Yeah. They, they explain all the components, what they are for, um, why they're important. Um, I just don't know why why you would build a gaming computer and then run a Wi-Fi card. I think for this target audience, most of them, well, not most of them, a lot of them probably don't have a, a hardwire connection, maybe where they're going to put this for, like in a kid's bedroom, most people don't put an Ethernet connection in there. They don't think about that. My, my son has one. Well, yeah, but, but that's it, just, it, it wasn't there when you moved in. No, I put it in. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, and Wi-Fi has gotten so good that it's not, it's decent enough to game on. Um, unless you're going to be ultra super competitive, which doesn't really got that lag. isn't isn't going to be most of us anyway. And not when you got a 50, 50 millisecond uh, um, latency from Spectrum. Anyway, might as well be on I got, Wi-Fi. I got seven. Shut it. Um, yeah, here's some <laughs> of the uh, here's some of the comments when the people are talking about putting. Yeah, my fourteen. There it is. Yeah. But so if you click out to this uh, the build kit guide, which was also linked at the top. Um, I'm pass it right, right here. So it takes you to their, and I'm assuming they 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 include something with it, but I don't know for sure. But anyway, it has all the steps listed out. And the cool thing is, you click on level one, installing the memory, right? And then at the very top, it's got the video, which they've done YouTube videos for every single section awesome. that shows you how to do it. It explains it, shows you. And then, you know, like, for example, in the processor part, it's like you got to be very careful. Don't touch the pins. You don't want to bend the pins because then you're yeah, you're in for a world of trouble. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's cool because it goes down every step, right? Um, you can watch the video does, or you can just go through the illustrated guide that explains it. So you watched some of these videos, didn't yeah. you? Did it autoplay to the next step? No. Okay. And another thing, too, so like this first step, right, installing the memory, it talks about dual channel. And how you want to separate the dual channel because if you put it in the wrong slots, you're not going to get the you're not going to get the dual channel memory performance, and it explains why. Um, the video talks about that too, so it says unmatched memory slots. Like this is all really cool stuff that they do, um, and they talk about you know being care how you know making sure you orient it right because there is a correct and incorrect orientation because the slots don't line up, and then like the little clicky you know because you feel you hear it and you feel that click. Um, I remember back in the day when, because they were so thin, and you had right. to push on them, you were just so scared that you were going oh, to yeah, break dude. it when you're pushing it in. And then they've got the the support chat and the number if you get stuck. The only thing I wish they would have done with this is like when you get to the bottom, have the link to the next step. Yeah. Because now I've got to go all the way back up, which you know it's not that big a deal. Now I got to go back to the next step, like. Just put it at the bottom so ain't I there, can just continue. Ain't, ain't or if they had that little option for the click at the bottom of the page to take you just back to the like top. on Amazon. But I think. why not? Why not just have the next step at the, uh, at the hyperlink? Yeah, yeah, but that's because some of these, like the CPU one, look how long this is. Like it's way longer than the RAM part. Yeah. Like there should be like right here, there should be continue to next step or. But that's that's an easy. It's a hyperlink. Hyperlink. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know why they didn't put that in here. I just that's well, that's it's not suggest a, it to them. I am. Say, watch watch say, this in ZXT. Say say, <laughs> are you going to tag them? I'll tag them in a TikTok. I'll okay. TikTok them or or put them on there. All right. They're they they do a lot of stuff on Instagram. Um, 
for people's builds and stuff. But no, it's super cool. I like how I mean these these illustrations are great. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a really good job with them. The videos that I did only watch like three of them. Like um, I watched the the processor one. I watched the AIO because depending on the build that you get, you either have an all in one cooler or you'll have a fan cooler. Because it, so it talks about installing the AIO or installing AIO or installing the fan cooler. And then I jumped down and I was just watching the cable management because a lot of people, they build a computer, they just stuff all the cables in there. And, you know, if it's behind on the backside of the case and you're not going to ever see it, then who really cares? But some people like, you know, but look, it color codes everything. It tells you where to route it. That's cool. What, where to, where to attach it with, uh, I'm assuming they gave you some cable ties and stuff. Uh, and, and it talks about don't be afraid to experiment with different configurations. There is no there real there really is no one right way to cable manage. It's like what's your preference? What do you you know what looks good to you? I mean, again, most people are not going to see this because it's on the back side. The front side, though, you know, you will get roasted if you mess it up, <laughs> especially if you're going to post it where other people can see it. And you've got a power cable running right through the middle of your window on your case, <laughs> just a heads up. But yeah, they talk about how to attach it using the cable ties and things. Um, and the, the, the thing that I still can't believe this, that's the way it is in 2021, all the little header connectors on the motherboard for mm-hmm. the speaker and the power and the reset. And it's like, why have they not made a standard connector like USB or audio mm-hmm. or SATA where it's one connector, it's it standard, in, you plug it in and it's like everything's still yeah, the same. One pins. doesn't have to go way down here. Some, it might here. be one pin or two pins or three pins. It's like, come on, really? Let's, 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 the, whatever the next motherboard form factor is after ATX, let's, let's do that, please, because this should not still be this way. Because well, this is probably if, the most difficult. And the, this is probably what meet people have the most issues is like figuring out where to plug in all the power and the audio and the USB headers and the front panel headers the, and, it could be way. It should. It should be a standard, at least for. I mean, USB is a standard. The CPU power is usually a standard. It might be a couple of extra pins for certain CPUs. Um, but these bottom, the bottom, and I think it's down here. Da, da, da. Yeah, right here, like the HD audio, like that's a standard connector. It only plugs in one way because you got this pin that's blocked out, so you can't plug it in backwards. Um, same with the audio, or the the uh, the, the front panel, like. That's a standard connector. And they didn't really <laughs> um, get into much more than that, but there could be – maybe their motherboard doesn't have that, yeah, but maybe. most of them still do, and it's a pain in the butt. Like the resets and the, the reset and the power switch, I, I didn't see it in here where the reset and the power switch hookup are. Maybe I just missed it, but that is usually where people can struggle. And mm-hmm. maybe, they, maybe I just missed that step, and then it's actually not that bad. Maybe they figured it out. I don't know. It, it, maybe it's in the uh, part where they're uh, moving the build into the PC or something. Because I didn't go to, I didn't go through every single one. Because there was like 15 steps. Because this was only eight, 13 steps. Sorry. Which the last one is common problems and fixes. So, so does this come with uh, already with like Windows? Um, I didn't see that listed anywhere. So the, I, yeah, that's and I don't, I don't see that step either. So that's. I, I, most of these, if you buy a PC from them that they build and ship to you, it's usually that it comes with installed Windows. So I don't know if they're in. So are they already installed the or not? Are they already installing it on the SSD and 
then when you just put it may, in, maybe it, it, it it's already preloaded. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't remember seeing that because it doesn't talk about the OS right here. So, and I'm sure that maybe it's under the support or, um, let's see if we go onto one of go these to kits, software right there. Well, that's their software. Oh, that's their software. Yeah, like they have software for like the LED lights and stuff. So let's see. Uh, also, they do give you a booklet. Um, I don't see. Let's see if we get a uh, integrated guidebook, building tools. There it is, Windows 10 Home. Okay, so hopefully it's already pre-configured and installed on the SSD. And I, then... Have you seen the new USBs that, that are people you're using that when they're, like, IT people, that they just plug this USB in and it automatically selects all the stuff through the steps so they don't have to do anything? Yeah, it's probably like a... like a. Yeah, if, if the hardware is the same, they probably just built, like, a, a build yeah. or an image or something, yeah. We used to do that from the LAN, like when we would image new PCs and we would get them. I mean, they would come with Windows, but they we had very specific settings and pre-installed right. software. Like, And then you get all that bloat software a lot of times from the manufacturer. Okay. We would just hook them up to the LAN. We would pixie boot them off of a, off the LAN, off the in, off the, the 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 network card, and then it would we would go to a file share with an image, and then it would load that image so it already had all that stuff pre-configured, so we didn't have to do it manually on. You know, hundreds of laptops. Yeah, so it, I'm I'm assuming because it doesn't it didn't specifically go through installing the OS, it's probably already installed on that M.2. It's already got the drivers because they know what salt you know, the hardware you're getting. Um, wouldn't you want you more than an i5? Oh, Windows 10 Home. I got you. Yeah. I'm as as a gaming. Well, this is the um this was the lower end. Oh, one. okay, okay. Yeah, the starter. starter. So an i5 with a 3060, that's pretty decent. Um, yeah, I'm assuming that SSD is coming preloaded with the uh, OS, and they've already loaded all the drivers. Like they probably had an image they just load to it because they know they they know what it's gonna they know what you're building. Whereas if you go to Micro Center or somewhere and you buy everything separately and you buy Windows, you've got to load all that stuff after the fact. Right. What's the streaming plus look like? Yeah. So this one. Ryzen 5600 and the 3060 as well. So, all right, that'll do it for episode 35. 35, 35. Man, 35. Um, we will be back in about two weeks. Um, and uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you're mm -hmm. listening again, check us out. If you want to watch the video version, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Um, uh, we also post highlights to TikTok. Ticky Tucky. So, check us out on there if you. Uh, don't mind. And you can find all of our links at dwbshow.com, of course. And then we're on all the major podcasting platforms. Uh, if you're listening to the audio version, we greatly appreciate that as well. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye. See ya. Good night.